and welcome back to the Second Screening Podcast. My name is Nick Lane, and with me, as always, is my very good friend, Matthew. Hello, what's up, Internet? I'm back. I know, you guys missed me. My uh, my co-host, because I've taken over this podcast, beat up on me while I was in Ohio. <laughs> so I know there's some sort of defenseless episode on the Internet floating around. Uh, I'll wait to respond to that later. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your response and the gradual dissolvement of this podcast into six-minute arguments. Yeah, yeah, six-minute arguments with absolutely no retort because the two favorite times for me to uh, to argue with somebody or to throw them under the bus is when they're not there to defend themselves. And now to destroy the greenfieldness of this episode, uh, how was your 4th of July, Matthew? We didn't spend it together. What's a greenfield? Greenfield is basically anyone could listen to the podcast and it could be any time of the year. Or now I've established that it's after July 4th. Oh, oh, we basically, we dated it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're good. My July 4th is fantastic. We lit off a bunch of allegedly illegal fireworks in uh, in our hometown. Uh, this is the last year that fireworks are legal there. So we got quite a good deal. As the uh, Simpsons said, uh, celebrate the birth of your nation by blowing a small hole in it, which is exactly what we did. Excellent. Awesome. The group of us went up to a lake on the east side of the Cascades. It was a lot of fun. We, you know, a lot of booze and just floating around the lake. It was pretty great. It's, it's the American holiday. It's exactly what the founding fathers would have wanted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So this episode, we're reviewing the movie It Falls. It follows me as the whitest lace of life. It follows. I was waiting so long to make that. Wow, (laughs) we. You started with that, and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. I haven't thought about that song since the first time I heard that song. You're welcome. (laughs) Flashback to 2002 or 88 or whatever it was. Yeah, so we're doing It Follows, the suspense slash thriller i guess a horror film technically yeah it's one of those you know one of those weird genres you're starting to see more than a few movies that are in kind of this i i want to call them suspense or thrillers but they are horrors but it's basically an increased amount of tension for a long period of time and like this overwhelming feeling of dread honestly it's kind of lovecraftian if you think about it right yeah, yeah. because it's, oh, definitely yeah because the sense of dread is just this unstoppable force that that never stops chasing you yeah not yeah. a lot of jump scares in it so it's hard to describe as a classical horror but it does definitely falls into that genre i feel yeah and we'll talk about this later the lack of jump scares is actually something i like you know some people might argue there are jump scares because things happens but to me the thing that i don't like about jump scares is they depend on a cut which mm-hmm. is an editing cheap trick to me yeah. and so there were plenty of scenes in this movie that were legitimately terrifying there were sudden things happening but i felt they did not rely on an editing cut and i liked that yeah it's very nice so can you give us some uh, quick facts about the movie yeah so it was directed by uh, david robert mitchell it's 2014 i'm usually the guy who tries to know uh, at least some movie trivia i have never heard of this director and uh, he apparently only did one other movie in 2010 the myth of the american sleepover which i've never seen yeah so it seems like this guy really likes the sleepover horror genre it seems i mean i'm guessing that that one that other one's a horror but i, I don't know yeah i don't know I'll, I'll watch that one independently and maybe talk about that in a later episode okay but uh yeah because there is a sleepover scene in this one so yeah high school sleepover i think i don't know what age they are we'll talk sure. about that is do you have anything else uh that's pretty much everything i have in terms of like the facts of the movie okay um i yeah i really can't you know unlike the fountain or, or other stuff there's not a whole lot of thing. you had something you wanted to say about the soundtrack right yeah so the music was provided by a group called disaster piece and i've heard a number of the tracks before and i always really like them they're kind of a edm well not edm but they're definitely an electronica definitely an electronica band and um or group whatever you want to say but i'll get into 
a later, but I really liked their contribution to this movie. And so I wanted to make a special note of that. Tracking. Cool. So It Follows starts with a scene in which a girl comes running into her house, but you just see it from outside, grabs some stuff and then leaves. And while she's standing around, uh, while she's like, Running about. Running about. They have this establishing shot of her. And the reason why I'm kind of going into detail into this is because I really enjoyed this scene where she's running around. In the, heels, no less. In heels. She was running in heels, which uh, that was quite interesting. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, do you need help? What's going on? And she, you know, runs away from essentially the camera. Yes, correct. And, uh, what I what I suspect is that in that, that first scene, the camera is what will later be revealed as the monster. Yeah, I, I do believe that was the monster POV. Okay. That, you know, it at least close enough to it. Cool. I'm glad we're tracking on that. Yeah. She escapes to a beach. a beach where she calls her parents and gives her this like heartbreaking little soliloquy or, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm such a, a shitty daughter. I don't know why I'm like this, blah, blah, blah. And then it does a fast cut or a hard cut to her dead on the beach. And one of her legs is com- like tore off at the knee. It's yeah. like, and now you now have a 90 degree knee going horizontally from your body. The other one, I think is just completely off. Yeah. And it was, that was so brutal. It- Holy hell it's another one of these like not only will this kill you it will hurt the whole time you're dying yeah yeah, that was bad. Yeah. So then after that, there's another quick jump cut into our first character, the primary character of the movie. Her name's Jay, and she's floating in this pool, just kind of doing her own thing. You know, there's these, like, two little kids are peeking in on her, and she's just, like, you know, scoffs at them. Which I think that scene kind of establishes a bit of the sexual nature of this movie. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, even little kids are sexual, and then it, like, kind of introduces her influence over others and their sexuality, I think. Yeah, kind of the high, you know, she's a highly prized sexual object, which actually comes into play later, right? Right, right. Which, in, you know, not to say that people are objects, but she is established in this movie kind of in an objectified way, I would I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, as you pointed out, kind of the nature of the monster, I think that's 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 fair. That might, you know, it wasn't his point, but but that's mm-hmm. that happens in real life. Yeah. yeah. Welcome, to, welcome, welcome to Earth. So, yeah, you know, a couple of her friends are over, I think actually her sister's friends. They're kind of like a group of friends, but I they seem to hang out with the sister more. Yes. And they're all over and they're going to watch some movies. Yes. And <laughs> I actually kind of wish... I. I need to go back and figure out what those movies are because they look really interesting. They're all re- watching these black and white sci-fi. It, it reminded me of like MST3K movies. Yeah, it's like there's like this island, Earth. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the thing is, there was something I found interesting in that scene. So the movie's pretty much set in what I would describe as like late '80s Detroit. It seems. Yeah, I it, actually have a comment on that one later. Yeah. yeah, but one of the girls is reading a poem from an e-reader. Ah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, that that was the only. The first time I watched this movie, that was the only thing I could focus on. That, uh, uh, yes, we're going to talk about this or later like during the same. I was, like, so upset about that because, uh-huh. like, I didn't care what the hell else was happening. I was like, oh, uh, invisible monster, you know, killing people for sex. Like, uh, can we please address the elephant in the room, this clamshell e-reader thing? Yeah. Like, what is this? This woman, that that character whose name is Yara is clearly a time traveler. Yeah, you know, like, we... But everyone else is cool with her, like, future technology. <laughs> yeah, maybe they see it as a book. So I, I watched this with uh, the Oblock team. Orange Cat Oblock shout out and and we were all flipping out about this thing too so so we looked it up at the end and and I don't know if this is true or not but it's the, it was on the internet so it's definitely true yeah but it said that the director used that to not date the movie yeah I refuse to believe that because that doesn't make any sense if he doesn't want to date the movie he'd use a book and like yeah. I was so distracted by a clamshell e-reader by Daria I, anyways okay I'm sorry yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll get into that a bit more. So, her friends are all watching a movie, and they're, you know, asking if she wants to come. She's like, no, she's got a date. It's like, oh, with that guy? It's like, yeah, I think I like him. Yeah. That sort of thing. It's, it's pretty cute. So, she's getting ready to go, and it also does one other thing, though, that early scene where I think it establishes kind of that their mom is an alcoholic in that scene, because she's just sitting around with a bottle of wine to herself at the table, just, like, kind of drinking away at it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like pretty much that was the movie's way of explaining, because your first thought is like, hey, we're, you know, it's like when you're watching kids shows like where are the parents during all this yeah, and yeah, it, exactly. it actually does a good job it's like oh like mom is just like passed out because she's a raining alcoholic yeah. and then, well it's like okay well, yeah. yeah okay fair yeah. enough okay and so you know she gets ready and goes on her date with this guy mm-hmm. who I was like you are nowhere in her, her league yes soon to be established as a cursed man yes but they play kind of an interesting game which I really liked which was you get you're standing in line and you get a look at all the people around you and the other person has to guess who you would two guesses two guesses to guess who you would trade places with and why. and why you would trade places with them. Yes. And I thought that was actually a kind of fun game. I'd like to play this sometime in real life. Well, if you could ever get a date, I'm sure you could. No. Skadoosh! No. It's never going to happen. <laughs> and so, you know, they're sitting around there. They're kind of talking about that and I can't remember... So, yeah, she, he picks he picks the kid because yeah. he doesn't, you know, kids don't have a care in the world and yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And then they're sitting in the movie theater and he says that he guesses that she, oh, the, right. the woman in the orange dress or yellow dress. And she's like, what? And he's like, right over there. And she's like, I don't see a woman in the orange dress or whatever. And he's like, can we go? It's making me uncomfortable. Yeah. And then they go get chicken strips. Yeah, basically, yeah. Well, actually, I think they do. Actually. I think they do. No, I picked yeah, up on they, that. I'm pretty sure it's chicken so, strips. So they immediately blast off and, yeah, they go to a diner instead of the movies. Yes. And they go have some food. Probably chicken strips, which Matthew... Connoisseur. Chicken strip connoisseur. Or it's the only thing that he eats. I eat like a five-year-old. Dino Nooks. (laughs) Shout out, Dino Nooks. So uh, after that, then they're... I thought that they immediately jumped into like them having sex, but they don't. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. The sex is after the diner, I I thought. Yeah, it is. So they they end the date, and she comes back home and is talking with her sister. Whoa, she gets chloroform. No, no, no. Is that later? That's later. I did it again. Yeah, you did it again. All right, proceed. This is Guatemala all over again. Okay, okay. Yeah, so she, like, is talking with her sister, you know, about the date, and, you know, kind of like, hey, have you done it yet? And she's like, no, but I think he wants to, that sort of thing. Pound town. Yeah, exactly. And so they, I think they go on another date. Okay. And that's when they have sex for the first time. In a car. In a car, yeah. In, a in the middle lot. of nowhere. Not yeah. even a parking lot. Like, there's a parking structure, and they do it outside the parking, abandoned parking structure, essentially. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, like, wow, yeah, all right, I guess yeah. they really want to be secluded. Romance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you see him carrying, like, just a six-pack of, you know, silver bullets, I guess. Classic Detroit. Yeah, seriously. Is Eminem in this movie? He, well, they reference 8 Mile. Yeah. The, the actual location, 8 Mile. I mean, because, again, if you Detroit, you Eminem. Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, they they have sex, and it was a moderately hot sex scene. It was all right. Yeah. And then she's, you know, afterwards, he goes out to the trunk for whatever reason, because, you know, every time I've had sex, I've gone immediately to the trunk of my car to pull things out. Nothing suspicious there. I will, I will be honest, though. I've never had sex in a car in a creepy parking lot so i don't know protocol she i mean she could have been guessing that he went to get a blanket or something or hand sanitizer or hand sanitizer (laughs) or anything anything to clean him of of the terrible sin that he just committed and she you know she's talking about some daydream that she has that's when he chloroforms Chloroforms her her. and i want to point out this is something i i wanted to talk about i noticed that both times uh i saw it this is i feel like one of the most accurate portrayals of someone getting chloroformed ever in other movies when someone gets chloroformed they put the 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 rag rag against their mouth and they just like 
take like one big breath and immediately pass out. And this right. one, she struggles yes. forever. And like that's how chloroform works. It's yeah. like you, it will knock you out, but it'll take a while, and it's yeah. not a very safe process. Well, and that's why it has to be a rag, or else they would just like chloroform you, just like throw some in your face. Yeah, that would get the job done. Yeah, yeah it has flash. to be a rag. You got to hold it against them. Yeah, but I thought seem movie... to know a lot about chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of reading on Wikipedia and various things. Don't we all, buddy? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get those giraffes from last episode. Oh, God. Those giraffes. The average giraffe has 200 spots. Sorry, <laughs> friends. That's an inside door trivia. Yeah, so he chloroforms her, and they wake up in a parking garage. She wakes up in a parking oh, that's garage. that's true, yeah. Yeah, so she wakes up in a parking garage, and he basically explains to her, hey, uh... I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't really remember the details. But basically, like, hey, I'm haunted. I've got this thing that follows me. It follows me as the whitest grace of my... Ah! So, and basically he says, you know, I just gave it to you. He tells her that it can take the shape of, of anybody and tends to take the shapes of people you love. And, uh, Does it, though? It, well, uh, okay, people you know, maybe. Yeah. And so this monster, he said, it's basically, it's going to follow you. It, uh, I remember, this comes later in the scene, but basically he says, it's very slow, but it's not dumb. So he tells her to never go anywhere with only one exit. And basically he says, you know, if it kills you, it's going to come after me. So he tells her to pass it on. You know, she's a girl, so he applies that's kind of easier. And, he does uh, that later. yeah. Okay, he does that later, apparently. And, and basically, as far as I'm concerned, he's setting her up for success, which is way more than she does for anybody else, which is basically murder them. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. And I'll talk about that later. So it's like, well, I mean, she, okay, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but basically, he kind of, he kind of explains the rules. And as far as I can tell, he basically is the only one that kind of explains the dynamics of, of what this thing does. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine having to explain that situation without doing it in the way that he does. Although oh. he, very much tra- like traumatizes that poor young woman. Yeah, but I mean, he, I think he does a good job doing that. There were just, there's some mechanics in that, that I didn't fully understand, and again, we'll talk about that. Yeah. So, so basically, he, you know, bottom line, this is a sexually transmitted haunting, and after it kills one person, it goes after the person that gave it to them. So that's another key that comes in later, is basically mm-hmm. you know, it, it goes back up the line. Uh, after that, he basically drops her off rape style mm-hmm. in the uh, street in Ouch. front of the house as her friends are there. At least he gives her a ride back, I suppose. That's true. Well, because they they were, they were just running away from the monster. That's when the first time you see the monster. Actually. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the monster as a as a naked as a naked woman, it follows her, mm-hmm. and he pushes her. She's tied to a wheelchair. I don't know if we mentioned that or not. Yeah. But he he pushes her, and then yeah, they run away, and he basically drops her off in front of her house, and her friends come out mm-hmm. and and help her. And that night, the police are there, and they say we can't find Hugh. It's a fake identity. So that's actually very smart on his part. So that basically ends her getting the. So that ends her getting the curse and. And that establishes that she is now cursed. I know that's redundant, and I don't care. Keep that. <laughs> that's what I get, because I'm looking at the notebook of what I'm supposed to talk about, because normally I just ramble on. Okay, so the next thing is she is at class, and again, this is a weird thing, where I'm assuming they're high school students, but, yeah. but that, because they behave like high school students. However... That classroom looked very college to me, mm-hmm. but I didn't go to high school in Michigan during whatever time period this is. So I never knew if they were high school or college, and it doesn't matter. But it was just one of those things where I, I'm, I'm gonna—I thought there was high school as well, but I—I I remember another point later in the movie where she mentions something about like oh this happened in high school so so they might be a community college yeah okay that makes sense and the reason the reason why i wanted to answer this question is not because it's important to the movie but because similar to the clamshell e-reader i was so like how old are these kids how old are these kids how old are these kids yeah that 
I was not focused on other stuff. So she's in class and she looks out the window, I believe, and sees like an old lady, right? Yeah, in a gown. In a gown. Probably was her grandmother or something because... Um, she just says it was some old woman. Oh, you're right. On. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I focused so much on Hugh saying that it can take your loved ones. Maybe he didn't even say that. I believe he said that it will take the shape of people and will try to take the shape of people that you love to get closer to yes. you. Yes, yeah. But I don't really think that they use that too frequently. That that actual... True. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. lot of the people, she's probably never seen those people before. That, True. That the monster takes the shape of. Absolutely. Okay, you're right. So she sees an old lady in a gown out the window. She runs away. She runs out of class. The lady follows her. And this is the part where, you know, it's kind of like, it, it's the Jason Voorhees walk. <laughs> but this one at least makes sense because mm-hmm. it's established where it's like, hey, it's like, hey, Jason, you could probably kill way more teens if you ran or like a brisk walk. Yeah. But she runs away from them. And it does a great, I thought there was a great scene there where she turns around and she sees a woman walking down the hall and she isn't sure if it's the monster. Yeah. And so she goes, hello? And the girl like looks back at her and he's like, hello? Ha! And the, the woman just like pushes right through the, the two True. girls. Yeah. Yeah, true. And that is actually something I think they used to great effect is, you know, is this the monster or not? Because it doesn't look like a Lovecraftian monster. It looks like a human being. Yeah. Yep. So next scene is a sleepover, which they kind of just all basically hole up in the house, right? Right. So I think what happened there was like Paul was like trying to white knight. Yeah. Jay. Dude, Paul's classic the, Paul. Yeah, the nerdy kid. The worst. Yeah. And he's like, I'll, I'll you know, I'll stay up all night, blah, blah, blah. Because she's obviously freaked out because there is a super, one, magic is real. And two, I'm being chased by a magical super, like, natural entity. Yes. So. Okay, yeah. So they have a sleepover. And there's a scene. Okay, you fill in the scene because you were the one talking about it. I can't remember. Basically, Paul's like, I'll stay up so that she can sleep. And the two other girls uh, sleep over as well. So they're all sleeping in her room. And he's just staying up all night watching MST3K without the MST3K. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The abridged version of MSC3K. Yeah, the edit, the ones where they edit out all the funny comments. Yeah. <laughs> and she comes down and they start talking about like their, their past a bit. Or, you know, it's established that they kissed at one point. Paul, who clearly wants to get with Jay. And Jay, who I think actually was interested in Paul, but it turns out the same week that Jay and Paul kissed, he also kissed her sister. Yeah. So it was a weird like romance triangle slash everyone's sick of Paul's bullshit triangle going on. Yeah, you're kind of desperate. Yeah, exactly. And then they hear a crash in the other room, and, you know, Paul goes to investigate. Okay, gotcha. Okay. That's all I remember. Okay. Actually, I didn't remember any of that. You did. (laughs) All right, right. Okay. So then... Then they go to Hugh's house, right? No. So there's... What happens there was that the the monster's now in the house. Okay. Paul's like, I don't see anything. What's going on? And she just... I think she goes into the kitchen and turns on the light, which I was like, why would you ever have gone into the kitchen, the same room that the thing is trying to kill you is in? Turns on the light and the thing's just slowly walking towards her. And it's this woman who has like one boob out. Classic. Her teeth are like half missing and the monster's peeing. Yeah, I do remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the part where I'm like, it doesn't take the shape of anybody related to this, to Jay, because that woman is just some peeing woman. Like, why did it take that, that horrifying? And I understand, like, from a, it's probably an artistic thing. Yeah. They're like, oh, let's make this monster as scary as possible. Like, what, what's the most, like, vulnerable slash not safe thing that we could, like, portray? It's like this clearly, like, sick woman. Right. Who's, like, just peeing. Well, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's say that maybe, you know, and this is one of the things that is not spelled out. Maybe it does, like, a, uh, what's the thing called in Harry Potter? 
Potter? The, the Dementors? Yeah, maybe it's like a... No, the uh, the uh, Bogwort. Bogwort. Oh, the thing in the... The bo- Bogwort. Or no, Boggle. No, The Boggle? No, it does start with a B, though. I don't know or care enough. Oh, God, this is so embarrassing because I should really know that. The yeah. Boggart. Yeah, the yeah, Boggart. Boggart. Yeah, so maybe, maybe the monster does like a Boggart, and that's the thing where it's like, maybe it like reads your thoughts or your feelings or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, like, what are you thinking about? Or like, what kind of human being are you thinking about right now? Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe something like that. But like you said, it's clearly not dumb, so maybe it just decided to take this like terrifying shape. It true. didn't have to, but it chose to. Yeah, guess. very true, very true. Okay, so that ends that, right? So yeah, then so they go to Hugh's house. I I believe so. There was like, there was a bit more where like the monster gets into a room somehow, and then she like jumps out the window and then runs away. She runs into the park, and that's when Greg... Oh, that's right. They all come up, because that, that was actually a, 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 an interesting scene, because yeah, it's like, this guy that you know is walking towards you, is it the monster, is it your friend? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was like, he watched them run away while he was like smoking a joint, I assume, with some hot woman in his car. Yeah. I think doing so to establish that Greg's kind of a, a womanizer. Classic flash. Greg. Yeah, oh, Greg, what an amazing guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Greg gets laid. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, dude, Greg lays pipe. <laughs> and uh, everybody on the internet, you're not seeing the inner workings of the podcast, where I get this list of stuff that I'm supposed to talk about. It's like, you can explain this scene, right? I'm like, oh yeah, bro, I got you. And then it's like, <laughs> and then we're recording, and it's like, I'm like, um... I don't really remember this scene, so go ahead and take it away. That's fine. It's just the nature of, you know, conversations, I think. Yeah. You know, it's like the things that you remember that I don't. Yeah, like, I'll volley it back to you, and hopefully you'll catch it next time. Yeah, I'm, pick- I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> I'm checking so, what you're cashing. Yeah, so they're in the park, and I actually forgot to write this scene on, on our list, so that's my bad. Um, they go to the park, and that's when they're trying to figure out, is it friend, is it not, and it's like, it's just Greg. Yeah. yeah. Denim Dan. Yeah, Denim Dan. Yeah, and yep. so that's when they, he's like, all right, well, do you know where, you know, Hugh lives? And she's like, well, I, I know where it is but i've never been inside and that's when they get in his car gotcha okay yeah the station them. wagon yeah. okay he's now suddenly like really concerned yeah greg is yeah 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 okay who's, who's their neighbor greg is their neighbor yeah, from lo- across the street long-haired guy yeah 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 so then they go to what was hugh's house mm-hmm. and uh it's basically inside is super trashy. He has this super awesome intrusion detection of like cans on strings by the windows and doors. Yeah. This is awesome and I'm going to do that to my house as soon as I get home. It, that was such an effective thing. I You notice that Jay sees it and yeah. like acknowledges it and never applies any of that information in the future. I think the subtitle of this movie to this movie could be It Follows, colon, Bad Decisions Are Made, No Lessons Are Learned. Because, <laughs> I mean, I respect them for trying stuff but like i always look at it and it's like i don't really know what could you explain your thought process yeah that yeah, got exactly. you to this decision <laughs> so yeah so he's got the cans and there's there are a few like little scares in here where like they open the, the door and and you know it's like the, the lady appears uh daria or whatever yeah you yeah. Are. and like yeah this piece this piece of the wall falls down yeah and go, ah. yeah yeah that's yeah. the thing yeah so basically it establishes that yeah this was obviously a fake identity this guy he was living mm-hmm. there but you know kind of homelessy or not homelessy but this is not where it really was. And, right. And then, and they, now I'm so, going to pass it back to you, right? Yeah. And so they have this kind of, I found it kind of an amusing scene where it's like Paul finds these playboys in the room that he was staying in. And, you know, it's like, good old horny as hell, Paul. Yeah. And, and he's just flipping through these playboys and Jay comes over and starts looking at him with him and he finds a picture that was Hugh and like, I guess his girlfriend. Yeah. And he had like a letterman's jacket on. They're like, oh, that's L High School. I couldn't remember the name of the, the high school they go to. Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. That's and good so, detective work, though. Yeah, exactly. They go to the high school, and they're like, oh, we're friends of... You can kind of hear it in the background. Like, oh, we're friends of this person. Like, we're looking for him. So they get his address.
address, and they head over to his house. And this is Hugh. This is Hugh, yeah. Yeah, Hugh, the guy who actually, passed it on yeah, to her, yes. Yeah, and Hugh, whose real name is Jeff. So they go to Jeff's house, and they're all, like, sitting around in a circle and in the backyard. Or, no, I think they go to a park at that point. Yeah, I think they're in a park. Yeah, and this is another time where I'm like, how old are all these people? Because Matt comes out wearing a sweater shirt and sweater pants, and I haven't worn that combination since I was, like, seven. Boom. <laughs> gosh, gosh, bagosh. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, how old are these people? So they're, he's explaining the situation to everybody, and, you know, he's just basically running through the same thing again, and they're like, what, how did you get it? And he's like, I... So was, slept a some, one-night stand. A one-night, one-night stand, stand. He I, got it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so he's like, this is the scene where he was like, you should be able to pass it on no problem. You're a girl. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. And so they're talking, and they do another one of those, like, is this the monster? Is it not? When there's, like, this girl walking up, and he goes, do you see that girl? And everyone turns out, they're like, yeah. Dude, the and here's, again, it's the, the whole colon of this movie, it's like, you should have TPI at all times. Whatever she's looking at, somebody else should be looking at, too. And if there's any questions, like, that will reveal itself. Yeah, and, yeah. dude, man, what's his name? Jeff. Q. Yeah, yeah. Jeff. Yeah, yeah, Jeff is like, oh, and I, I don't remember if in the parking garage he, he can confirm that after it kills you, it's coming after me, but he definitely says it here, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, we shouldn't be next to each other. Because, yeah, he's totally right. Yeah, like, yeah. I would, the person who gave it to me, I'd be like, all right, one of us is going to have to move to China. Yeah. Because, and uh, we're going to have to talk every five minutes. Because, you know, if it gets, if it gets one, then I got time for the other one. Yeah, yeah. And again, they don't listen to this advice. No, they really don't. Dude, Jeff was the hero of this movie, I he, think. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Jeff survived the longest. Yeah, and he set up the next person for success. Yeah. I'm definitely. like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so upset with her. Yeah, exactly. So, at this point, they are trying to figure out what to do. They're like, all right, we got to just, you know, he's like, you can put some distance between, like, you could drive for, you know, days and days and days, and it'll always follow you at the same pace. Yeah. And I'm, I've got to imagine that Jeff's had this for a while now, because he's kind of figured out a lot of things about this curse. He's basically like, here I am, Mr. Exposition, to move the movie along. So, I hope that there's a prequel. And it's basically like, you know, I, I'm going to call it What Follows. <laughs> and uh, and basically, it shows Jeff getting it, and then it shows him, like, Buffy style. He's going to, like, Tibetan monasteries and reading ancient texts. Amazing. And he's, like, he's like having seances. And that's how he learns all this stuff. Because yeah. knowing how he knows this is way more interesting than their terrible ideas. Yeah, certainly. One of their... Not terrible idea, but... It's not the worst idea. Yeah, but their one of their ideas is to go to Greg's family's lake house. Yes. Either like hunting lodge or whatever out in the middle of like nowhere. Yeah. Well, it's over it's on a lake. Yeah. yeah, it's on a lake. And so they drive out. I think it takes a day or two. It might just take a solid day. Yeah. They drive through the night yeah. to get there. And so, you know, they're just kind of hanging around. He pulls out a gun that they kept in a tin because, you know, that's gun, you know, gun main t- maintenance right there. Put guns into the tin cans. Gun safe. Don't got one. Yeah. Tea can. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Perfect. <laughs> but luckily for them, the gun still fires. So he's like teaching her how to shoot a gun while everyone else is watching and it just seems like they're holed up waiting for the, the monster to get there. Yep. And then, so they're sitting around at the beach in a, in kind of a, you know, semi-circle pattern with like Jay in the middle, Paul on one side, her sister, whose name I fucking don't care about. Yeah. And I think Greg was somewhere in that configuration with camera because he gets up goes and, to pee. and goes to pee and then Yara, you know, comes in from like stage left and off, to, off from the side, like walking down the path. They're like At first I was like, oh, there's Yara and then I'm like, oh shit. 
That's the monster. And it finally did the thing where it was like, oh, it's going to look like one of your friends to get closer to you. But this is, again, the movie where no one learns any lessons or has any kind of critical thinking because Jay is sitting with her back to the only entrance to where they're they're sitting. Yep. So the monster comes up and surprises her. And I actually really like the uh, cinematography of this or the the direction of this scene because it's Yara walking up and then like while they're talking, you see Yara float on a floaty in the lake. So you're like, oh shit, there's two Yaras. Which one's the monster? Clearly it's not the one in the water because it's not called It Swims. Yeah! Perfect. And uh, so it comes up and grabs her hair, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing, but it like grabs her hair and pulls yeah. her straight up and everyone's like, holy shit. And that was an interesting, like an interesting take they took on the monster because I, I wouldn't have imagined that it could manipulate objects. I kind of thought of it as a ghost up until that point, but it lifts her hair physically up. Well, a ghost can manipulate objects. Like yeah. Poltergeist but, style, right? Yeah, exactly. But then it swats Paul and just like knocks him out of the scene. Right. Like it hits him so hard, he flew like 10 feet away. Yes. So that was a you're like, oh, this thing is a physical entity that's just invisible to everyone who is cursed. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Though it does appear to be able to move through people. No, it just pushes. Oh, pushes yeah. out of the way. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, exactly. I, yeah, I, I misremembered. Yeah, and with yeah, the two it, girls, it, it is stopped by doors. And yeah, like exactly. That. And like with the two girls that it, it moves past, they were just standing just far enough away from each other that a person could easily walk through. Yeah, them. yeah, gotcha. And so, yeah, that's where I'm like, oh shit, okay, this thing's like an actual like thing. Yes. So she runs into a boathouse. Boathouse, yeah. which I guess I was, at first I was like, that doesn't have two exits. It turns out it did, but I was just like, at first, the first time I saw it, I'm like, Not why did you run in there? Not a good idea. Yeah. And like, it smashes a bit, a hole in the uh, door. Everyone's like freaking out. And Greg's like, what's going on? Like, with his dick still in his hand, essentially. He's like, hey, what? We've what? all done it. Yeah, yeah. And so she gets the gun and starts just firing stupid shots. Uh, at... Violating the, what, like, the fourth rule of firearm safety know your target and what's behind it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which happens but... later in the movie. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Though, okay, I want to talk about that later. Yeah. We'll get there. But yeah, so she's just firing wildly at this thing and finally hits it. And you're like, oh shit, you can actually like affect this thing. Yes. But then like it almost gets, immediately, immediately gets, gets back up. up. Yeah. So it can be damaged, it but it bleeds, can't be stopped. We can kill it. Yeah, exactly. And it does bleed. That was quite interesting. Yeah. So, and I know it kind of poked its head through the hole. Why did it not continue through the hole in the door? It did. It stood up and then she ran. I thought it like made a face. It did. It went. Ah, you scare me. <laughs> oh, you scare me every time. I'm so startled right now. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Yeah, 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 she runs out the other side. She, she gets in the car. And immediately crashes into a cornfield, essentially. And, and as you pointed out, I do want to give credit to the cinematography. Because mm-hmm. the cinematography in this movie is fantastic. Yeah. Like, it starts in the window of the car and then kind of goes through it. Mm-hmm. And then it just fills up the scene. And just the cinematography was so fantastic. I, yeah. Uh, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But I would describe this as, like, a Wes Anderson horror film in a way. It's very, like... Ah, yes, yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good description. It's very neat. Like, very everything's very stylized and very, like, it's almost like a painting. Like, every scene is almost like a painting. Every, every frame of painting? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So she wakes up in the hospital. She has a broken arm. This is a scene where I'm like, you're dead. You, The thing is going to come and get you at this mm-hmm. point. I, I, I had no hope for her. Yeah. But apparently she's fine. Yes. Other than a broken arm. And I guess her friends were running and I guess they kept running and, you know, yeah. beat the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. And then, yeah, exactly. Like the thing, they probably got to her first. But I'm, I was thinking more like you're in a room. Like you're essentially trapped in that room. Oh, because yeah. Because you got all these things hooked up to you. I'm tracking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless so. they airlifted her to one in like Louisiana. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the monster's coming. Right. So she decides to, and I, I guess this is how she escapes. I, she's like, I'm going to be stuck here for a while. So she decides to pass the curse on to Greg. Gall Greg. Yeah, Lane the, Pipe. Lane Pipe. And so they, you know, hook up. And then the next scene is a, an immediate jump cut to him, like, just chatting up two girls at once. And I'm just like, oh, well, Greg's going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, there's some time has passed since she passed it on to Greg. And she's out of the hospital with a broken arm. And Greg comes up and to the house and talking to the, the kids, essentially, the, the, the gang. Yeah. The, the mystery. Yeah, 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 the Scooby gang. Yeah, exactly. He talks to the gang and he's asking about her. And they're like, yeah, you probably shouldn't go see her. Um, she's, you know, still freaked out about everything. And, you know, asking like, oh, have you seen it? He's like, no. And then this is when you realize that, like, all this time he's been helping her and saying, like, oh, I totally believe you. He's just lying to her, like, straight up. And, then, and the key was he was peeing while her hair was being grabbed, right? Yeah. And that, because if he would have actually had eyes on, he would have believed it. And yeah, so yeah. I, I realized later that that was important. Yeah, exactly. But it was also establishes him as, like, a liar. Because he's like, you know, I, I just assumed he was trying to get into her pants. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and, yeah, mission successful. Guys with long hair are not to be trusted. Yeah, certainly. And so, you know, he doesn't see it, and it, you know, it hasn't been coming for him. It jumps to nighttime, and Jay's in her room. She just happens to look out her window, and she sees someone walking, and she's like, oh, that's weird. And it's, the person's walking at a fairly brisk pace, I would say. Okay. And so it could be like a night jogger, it could be anything. And then the thing immediately turns into Greg's driveway. Yes. And just, like, knocks on the door, which I love the knocking on the door mechanism, because it clearly understands understands like human behavior somewhat to you know like oh if you want someone's attention knock on the door yes he's hoping they come no one comes to the door and he does he then he it's now the monster's in the shape of a he yes picks up a brick and does like the best throw <laughs> uh, through a window ever he's just like fuck this window and just throws the brick right through it let me get my tool that's yeah. not a tool kip that's a damn brick <laughs> And so he just climbs through and Laura's like, shit, and bolts out the door to try and like get Greg's attention. And I have to like, what was Greg doing in his room? Because during that time, J-O-ing. probably, he probably was listening to music and J-O-ing. But he, the monster was banging on the door, broke a window. The monster came in and Laura, or not Laura, Jay, Jay arrives to see the monster banging, pounding on the door, pounding on his door now of his room uh, as an older woman. As his mom. Yeah, but you don't know that yet. But I knew that. Yeah. It was pretty much seven. But yeah, everybody as, knows Greg's mom's hot. <laughs> yeah, as his mom, and you know the thing stops and actually looks at Jay. And he's like, "You're next." I liked that part a lot. Yeah, a lot. That was great. And so Jay, uh, Greg opens the door. And he's like, "What, mom?" And the thing jumps on him. And you, you, I'm glad they added this scene where you see the way that it kills someone. And yeah, it kills them by fucking them to death. Yes. Yeah. Which, so, which follows the theme. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm gonna guess it just like sucks all their like life out of them while also just like totally destroying like every part of their body while going to pound, pound town pound town and so the, this goes back to the first scene where you realize that that poor young woman got banged to death quite literally banged to death and also her body was like broken in parts because like forcing her legs open that's why it broke her legs like that i mean i've been in positions where i could see how if i was a monster i could break a knee backwards yeah exactly you kind of realize the fragility of the human body yes <laughs> in moments like that you're like oh Oh my god. Yeah. So... At this point, yeah, Greg dies from getting fucked to death, and Laura makes... Not, why do I keep calling Jay. her Laura? Yeah, Jay makes perhaps the smartest decision that she's made all the movie, and she gets the fuck out of there. There like, we go. Gets in a car and just drives off somewhere else to get as far away from the monster that is right there now, essentially. Yep. And it's coming for you. Violating dude man's rule. Yeah, exactly. You, know, 
you were in close proximity to the, what was going to be the next victim. Yep. Oh wow, super smart. But yep. she get she gets away. Yeah. So she like goes to another beach somewhere. I guess since it's Detroit, it's probably Lake Michigan. Yeah. Somewhere on Lake Michigan, and there's these guys out there. It's like dawn at this point. She again drove in all night to get away from the thing. Yep. Arrives at a beach somewhere and falls asleep on the hood of her car. I thought that was kind of weird mm-hmm. since you have a you know steel box that you could sleep inside of with like cushions and things. It was hot. Yeah. True. And I guess maybe she thought she could get away faster if she was uh, coming out. Fair enough, fair enough, fair I'm, enough. I'm guessing, but yeah. I'm still was like, you have a metal box that yeah. would protect you pretty well. It's like a rolling couch. Yeah, yeah exactly, essentially. And so she sees these three dudes out in out in Dawn, just new boot goofing out on the lake, and she starts to take off her clothes. She's decided to pass it on to just some random nobodies in the middle of nowhere. Yep. So pass it on to them, and you don't see it happen. You just see her get into the water, and you see her coming out, and she's like drenched wet. But here's the other thing, is that she was crying in that scene. Yeah. And I thought that was very like that was a very emotionally like scarring scene not, not scarring to me but I was just like I really felt for her character at that point the plight of her character I didn't you know why because she murdered somebody yeah she said those three guys one of those three guys is dead yes yeah. like and yeah I'd be, got a free ride. I'd be sad if I just murdered somebody too and it's yeah. like you know this movie maybe I'll, uh, I'm gonna start to talk about it now Um, it's like Drag Me to Hell which was another great movie and somewhat similar but it's basically like you realize like oh the main character is terrible yeah and and it's like the thing where I was like, yeah, I'd be sad too if I just murdered somebody. Yeah, seriously. And so she, I can't remember at this point. She is yeah, then she free from it and she's like, okay. She goes back to like leave it, like leading her life. Like she's back in school and all that. And I can't remember when she sees it next. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, well, yeah, I don't remember. See, smarter people will look this up. And we did, but we forgot this part. So I think what happened was that they're talking about it. She knows that it's going to come back for her. Is this like another sleepover thing where she's laying on the floor and she's like, who is it? And then... No, no. She just like, she she knows that it's going to come back for her. And I believe, yeah, there was a sleepover thing. Yeah. And that was when Paul was, he's like, why don't you pass it to me? Yeah. And she's like, I know it's going to come kill me someday. And he's like, well, why don't you pass it to me? She's like, no, I couldn't do this. He's like, well, why'd you pick Greg? You know that I like you too. And he's like, well, I thought Greg could handle it. He was, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't scared. Yeah. And the reason why he wasn't scared was because he didn't fucking believe in the thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, there was nothing to be afraid of. Right. In his mind. Yes. So, but then Paul's like, do you trust me? And she's like, I guess, essentially. And so he has this idea of, like, how to, like, try and take it out. They go to a swimming pool. Swimming pool. pool. Yeah, yeah. So that's when they're, that's when they're, they just lead to, like, preemptively set this trap and wait for it to come. And it can, it, so, so during this scene, Daria is reading from Clamshell E-Reader from the Future. Yeah. And she's second. talking about, she's like, my parents wouldn't let me go past 8 Mile. Yeah. that's where that's it, yeah, from. Exactly. And then she just goes on this thing where she's like, she, she basically says it was so weird because like it was like I had to ask permission because I went like three roads down the street instead of two and maybe it's like a Michigan thing but everything Daria says in this movie I just stop and I go huh yeah like <laughs> what are you talking about yeah like seriously like I don't understand her character yeah but but yeah sorry I just I had to bring that up while we were here but yeah they they go they jump the fence yeah into they, this like into the scariest looking building on the planet in my opinion if anybody has never seen the Die Fantasy video. Uh, YouTube that right now because this reminded me of Die's fantasy and uh, and it terrified me because yeah, yeah it's super shady yeah so the the to paint the picture it's a essentially a rectangular building that kind of has somewhat of a gothic style to it it's like it looks like a penitentiary yeah, or honestly, or, like or a, a sanatorium yeah sanatorium or crematorium yeah. I thought something that it it seemed like it was like a mental health place or just something very it had a very tragic uh, atmosphere to it and the every time they showed the building they actually showed it multiple times for some reason there was. Uh, 
uh, is always overcast, but with this weird, like, twilight lighting. And so Sanitarium. <laughs> Don't sue us. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> and so they go to the swimming pool, and they set up all these... These electrical equipment around, around the, the pool. Yeah, and she's basically the, the yes, bait. Yes, And they're also, they're like, well, fuck your cast. She's already gotten it, like, super wet. That cast is already falling apart. It's turning into, like, wet cardboard at this point. It, it It's funny to me, because the cast never comes into play. Yeah, like, why do so you So it's almost a it? Chekhov's gun, right? Yeah. Because it's a thing where it's like, I'm wondering, like, did, like, the actress, like, actually break her arm? And they're like, okay, like, we were going to have you crash a car, so we'll just throw this cast on. Mm-hmm. Like, because, yeah, it's, I, I guess the only time the cast comes into play is to show that it's wet after she murders one of the guys on the boat. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's like, but I don't know, the cast was just weird to me. They, I guess they just wanted some way to show that she was injured during the car oh, crash. Right. I'm guessing they were, like, some indicator. And That's then, like, true. a reason for her to give the thing to okay. Greg. All right, I will accept that point. I, I, I'm guessing. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyways, so the swimming pool and she's the bait. The thing finally arrived. So this scene I can talk about. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. So I remember this scene because it was just silly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they have a bunch of lamps, a bunch of toasters, hair dryers around, and basically it's pretty clear that they want the monster to go inside the swimming pool. They're gonna push all the stuff in and electrocute it. And I don't know how she would get out at that point. I guess actually, no, that actually makes sense. She could run out because it's slow moving swim mm-hmm. out. Okay. So she points at the door. She says it's here. Um, nobody else can see it. And basically, you know, they say point at it. She points at it with her broken arm. Yeah, with her broken arm. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. she's right-handed because that's what I would have done too. Yeah, and uh, and it takes the shape of her dad, as I saw. Oh yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Good, good eye. Yeah, that is her dad. Yeah, I, I remembered that. So yeah, and which um, that's only established because uh, throughout the movie, there's been like these uh, establishing shots that kind of show some of the scenery and stuff like that, and focus on a picture of her dad, who you never see in the movie until this point. It, yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry, no, I interrupted. That was rude. No, no, it was, uh, and so yeah, that was a good catch on your part because uh, I, I think I noticed that as well my first time. Where I'm like, holy shit, that's a dad. Yeah, and who's dead or gone or somewhere? I don't He's... know why I remembered that, but I think I looked at that guy and I was like, I know that face, and like it clicked, like that's her dad. Mm-hmm. So basically, the the monster starts thro- chucking stuff at her. Yeah, because um, it's not dumb. It's yeah. like, oh, I can see a trap is here. Yeah, yeah. So it just starts throwing things to try and kill her. Yeah, it doesn't have to fuck her to death. I guess it just chooses to. True. Yeah. Or you know, or trying to like knock her unconscious and go get her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I never want to be hit with a flying toaster. Like, right. it looks oh. so painful. The one that she really got hit with was when it picked up and chucked a uh, iron. Yeah, pure metal. Yeah, clothing <laughs> iron. She, like, gets hit in the forehead with it. Oh, um, dude, good yeah. Good lord. Yeah, like, that's that's more terrifying than being banged to death, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, uh, okay, so, so that happens into Paul, the beta. Who's the beta? Paul? Paul. Yeah, Paul starts shooting, violating again the fourth rule of safety. Yeah. Uh, hits Daria in the leg. But I also want to, okay, I want to bring that up, too. I wrote this down, which was uh, in my notebook. I said, Yara, seriously, get the fuck out of the way of the gun. Because she's just like, Paul's been shooting. Yeah. And so he points the gun at her, and she's just like standing there like, what's going to happen next? Where's the monster? And she gets shot in the leg. It's like, you fucking idiot. Don't stand in the way of a gun. True. Yeah, so they're both dumb. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it's like uh, it's like jaywalking, where it's like, you know, it's it's in your, you're, you're breaking the law. It's in your best interest to get out of the way, though. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, you know, kind of both ways, both responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. true. And and oh, and everything that gets pushed in the pool, of course, does not electrocute anybody because well, because it picked it up and took it out of the the socket. What no, they were going to do is push it into some of the stuff. I thought got pushed straight in the pool. I don't think so. Okay, I thought it was. I, I thought remember. it was trying to like. I thought it was trying to hit her with it. I thought they pushed some of the stuff in because I remember the one scene where I think Daria was like, "It didn't work. It didn't work." Yeah. Oh no, I think that was a little bit later. Oh, okay. Finally, they shoot it in the head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it fell in the pool. Yeah, because whoever 
whoever had the genius idea of throwing the the towel over it or whatever. Yeah, that that, was, that person that's the smartest person in the movie. And it and it is. It's Jay's sister. Yeah. who I feel is the smartest person. In the yeah, she's movie. the smartest person in the room. Head on the swivel. Yeah, head on the swivel. I like that. Yeah, yeah. so they dump that. Yeah, shoots it in the head. I guess it falls in. I guess if yeah, you're saying they push something in there, mm-hmm. it of course doesn't work because I mean I guess it's an old building, old circuitry. You could do that. Yeah, but it's like with like you know GFCIs and circuit breakers, like it's just not going to happen. Right. But at least they had a plan, uh, and I respect that. And then it grabs her leg, and uh, she's fighting it. And then the guy shoots at it through, through her, her again. Yeah. Thank you. And he just managed miraculously manages to hit it square in the head. Yeah, which again is whatever. I mean, yeah. that you know, pure luck. It's just one of those things. Where it's like, hey, buddy, why don't you uh, rotate ninety degrees there? Just yeah, exactly. Get yourself a good shot. Yeah, but. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and then and then she gets out of the pool, and uh, basically she's like there cowering, and they say like, "Is it dead? Is it dead?" Because he's the only one that can see it. Yeah. So she leans over the edge in a very like, "I can get grabbed this way," as opposed to like a right. walking up smarter kind of way. Yeah, it was very like, oh, "Okay, this is where she dies." Then yeah, yeah. and uh, and sees a bunch of blood. Yeah, and then blood spreading throughout the pool. Yes, yeah, blood spreading through the pool with the assumption of if it bleeds, we can kill it. Mm-hmm. And then that's basically the end of the pool scene, right? Yeah. That okay. Is. And so at at that point, she she and Greg hook up. Yeah. Not Greg, crap. Paul. Paul. Her and Paul hook Paul, up. Paul, Paul train. Yeah. And basically, uh, her and Paul hook up, and then they go and visit. So she passes the curse to Paul. Yes. And she, they go and visit Yara in the hospital, and she's still reading from that poem. The poem is called The Idiot, by the way. Is that a, a real poem? Yeah. Oh, You cool. can actually go and read it. It's a, a treatise on, like, accepting death and the nature of death, which they've been reading through it throughout this entire time. Cute. Yes. Which I'll get into them uh, later. Sure. Or, but, or my feeling on it. And so they go and talk to her, and she reads this bit of the yeah. the poem and it basically ends with them walking down the street holding hands and then you see you see what you have to assume is the monster right it has to it. be because there's one scene where it's not behind them and then there's one scene I guess this have to be somebody could have come out from the house to check the mail yeah <laughs> <laughs> Clearly that's decided that that's the monster. monster. But the dude's just trying to go to work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. He just happens to walk with a very deliberate pace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so then that's when this, the movie ends. Boom. Wait, no, no, no. There's a part we missed. Paul passes it on to Prosky's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After, after Paul and Jay hook up, yeah, they he drives. Well, he's driving. and He drives past some prostitutes. I guess the implication is that yeah, he gave it to some prostitutes. Which again, it, like that was like my literal first idea. Yeah, but we'll talk about that later. But right, yes, right. okay, movie over. over. Okay, all right. So uh, Matthew, what are your uh, your first impressions? So my first impressions of the movie, I actually did not like it. Hmm. It's only uh, what it, it's only like an hour and forty minutes long. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's not long, and yeah. I felt its length. I don't know why, but like, if you would have asked me after my my first watching, I'd be like, I don't know, it's probably like a two and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. It just felt super long. Okay. And and I was again, I was super distracted by by things that should not have mattered. I couldn't figure out how old these kids were. You know, I I did not understand the mechanism of the monster. Is there only ever one monster, and like it chases? Like, does it? It can't rematerialize anywhere. I don't think. Yeah. But some of the times, I feel like it just like would just uh, like be dropped in the middle of the earth. I don't know if this is good or bad, but when I first saw this, I thought my buddy Nicholas should get this because he flies all over and like it like walks to LA and then he hops back on a plane and comes back it's like he wouldn't even know yeah it'd be constantly stuck in the middle yeah uh, yeah. because that would be the only way also like if this thing does this like can't you just fly around like Cold War style I don't know presumably not because they're kids right? okay well yeah Yeah. true true but it happened to get kids yeah so one thing I did like about this movie is it did not spell out 
everything. For yeah. instance, when she goes in the water and swims, and then you see the wet cast, and then she's crying, it's like, oh, she just murdered the guy. As opposed to, like, I think a movie that did not trust its audience, she would have been like, somebody would be like, are you okay? And she's like, I just slept with somebody and passed it on. And it's like, thanks for thinking for me, movie. Yeah, so, yeah. So I do respect that, but but there were elements where I think they a little bit more explanation could have been offered, mm-hmm. not because I needed it, but because it would have prevented me from being distracted about trying to figure that thing out. Right. So so that was kind of my first impressions. One thing I will say, though, is that it did capture the feeling of that imposing dread very well. Yeah. I think that Take Shelter is a very similar movie to this. I think Take Shelter did a better job, mm-hmm. but I think this one did a good job of basically that impending feeling of dread with almost nothing you can do about it. And I do respect that. So first impressions, I did not like it. I felt its length. I was distracted, but I do respect that it didn't spell everything out and it had an impending sense of dread. Nice. So my first impression, um, I saw this movie back when it was in limited release. My buddy Patrick and I just decided to go see it randomly. We, Hipster. Yeah. We got some uh, Rainiers and went to the Egyptian in Seattle. Kanye's. Uh, yes. Now, now, <laughs> now they know where we live. Yeah, now, now they're going to uh, follow us. <laughs> no. <laughs> The curse, how did it get to us? So we saw it there, and I, when I first saw it, I, I really, I remember being highly impressed with the movie. One, okay. because it was, it was an interesting take on, on horror, and it was done in a way that I don't think I've, I've ever seen before. Okay. But you've obviously seen more movies that are kind of in like, yes. style. Um, I guess you could say that, um, the movie It, or, not It, crap, what's the one where it's... In Antarctica? Yeah. The Thing. The Thing, that yeah. was it. Yeah, this, I guess you could say that this is very much like The Thing. And I, I guess I kind of liked, it was like a fresh take on, it was like a new monster, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. A new monster that was actually pretty uh, that was in metaphor. Because I remember like kind of breaking it down a little bit. And like the monster was obviously an STD. Yes. And the other thing that I noticed about it, especially uh, even on my first time watching, was that I felt that r- not just an STD, though. It was also like the knowledge of good and evil sort of thing. Like the, the oh. Adam situation where like... The, 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 girl, tree, the, the tree of knowledge of good yeah, and evil. Yeah, exactly. So, like, after she has sex, she's now aware of death. And the thing doesn't necessarily represent an actual physical thing, although it is in the movie. It's actually she's now an adult, essentially. And oh, it's death, a, like And a, now death follows her. It's a coming of age. Essentially, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is a feel-good movie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, but I, I also was really distracted at certain parts with Yara and her e-reader. Oh, clamshell e-reader. Yeah, and so, one, that was the stupidest fucking e-reader I've ever seen on the planet. Like, that, that design didn't make any fucking sense. And I know he said that he added that bit of technology to make it so he didn't, he didn't want to get, have it dated at a book. certain time. Well, it could have been a book, but then everyone would be like, okay, it's set in the, it's definitely set in the 80s. Whereas, like, now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm saying it's definitely set in the 80s and she's a time traveler and she's distracting. If you wanted to do that he could have added more bits of technology from a broader span of time than 80s technology and then this one bit of 2016 technology well you know the thing was you know that thing where it's like i added this so it wasn't distracting your attempt to not be distracting was the The most most distracting distracting thing thing. of this movie yeah exactly and i was also when i first saw it was also quite confused about like the mechanics of the monster it's basically like all right so you go back and kill the last person but then what happens when you run out of people because people 
only live for 100 years. You're not going to go back all the way to... Uh, Agamemnon? Yeah, exactly. Agamemnon. And I mean, the, you know, this was a pretty good story, but how did it compare to the story? A good mesh! Yeah, so uh, that mechanic didn't make any sense to me uh, now, for the first time. one thing I will say, and I actually figured this out. You know what? I'm going to save it till the second screen. Yeah, proceed. Proceed. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was about it for my, my first screen. Like, I, I liked it. Uh, I was a bit distracted in certain parts, but I was impressed with the, you know, I remember walking away being impressed with the cinematography and the editing and the music. The ambience of this movie is so good. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it is a creepy movie. Even I, watching it a second time, I was like, God damn, I forgot how, like... It's the impending sense of dread. Yeah, exactly. And they, yeah. they just nail it, like you said. With that, like, let's go ahead and move on to our uh, our second screening. So okay. go ahead and give me your uh, your second impression. So second screening, I pulled a gravity on this. I actually mm-hmm. really enjoyed it, and I've been trying to distill down exactly why, and I think what it is, is the first screening, I was so distracted by these elements, mm-hmm. and I can't control that. The second screening, I knew that there was this BS clamshell e-reader, I knew there were some mechanics that weren't explained, and so I didn't focus on them the second screening. Okay. I focused on the other parts of the movie. And so the second screening, it actually felt like a perfectly length movie. You know, I, I pretty much enjoyed everything. I definitely was able to focus more on the impending sense of dread, and it I just really enjoyed it for the second screening. The other thing I realized during the second screening is I was like, oh, and I did that thing where I started to scare myself because I was like, oh, wait, this is real because let's say this thing did exist in the world. It's just that thing where it's like, you know, everybody is connected sexually, right? It's like mm-hmm. seven degrees of separation except it'd probably be something else sexually, right? right? And so it's like, this thing's real, and it's just murdering people, and it basically like I thought of uh, the episode of Firefly where it's like somebody out there is carrying a bullet for you right now with your name on it or bullet with your name on it right now the trick is die of old age before it finds you yeah. and so it's like oh that thing's out there murdering people right now the trick is die of old age before it mutilates you to death yeah yeah so and and I actually really appreciated that awesome I'm glad to hear that yeah I think the key was just the second screening I was not distracted by the stuff mm-hmm. that really annoyed me and okay. I really enjoyed it the second time do you feel like there was anything that you noticed the second time around that you might not have noticed the first time I think I pretty much noticed everything Mm -hmm. however i think that i took stuff in and appreciated its importance more the second time okay simply because i was not distracted yeah i don't there weren't any big epiphanies of like oh my god i never you know my little my little rant there but there Mm -hmm. weren't any epiphanies to the movie there weren't any keys in the movie that i missed that i felt that i picked up on the second time but i was able to just generally appreciate the horror you know that impending sense of doom and and kind of the ambiance more as well as not be distracted by those things things and, and not feel its length in that process. Cool. Alright, so on my second screening, uh, I actually watched it pretty pretty shortly ago. Like, I think it was on Friday. I, I watched know. it like four hours ago. Yeah, okay, alright. <laughs> Which makes it even more Classic. embarrassing yeah. when you're like, can you explain this to him? Oh yeah, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, as, uh, the second screening, it had been a while since I had seen the movie the first time. So there was like, oh, there's these things that I forgot. Like, I completely forgot about that initial scene. I'm like, good lord. What a what a creepy scene that was, the first one. Oh, yeah, and running around in heels. Yeah, and no realizing doubt. it was a uh, the point of view of the monster. Right? Yeah. Like, that was great. And, I was, and what I took away from the second screening was that I started to kind of do a fountain review sort yeah. of thing in my head where I'm like, oh, is this a metaphor for that? Because this, I feel like this movie, what I realized the second time is this movie is actually rife with a lot of metaphor and a lot of like little things. Uh, that I, I didn't quite pick up the first time. Wear um, condoms. Wear condoms, definitely. One thing that I, the first thing I, I noticed that I forgot was Yara saying that she's got a, I was like, oh man, I've got this uh, great idea. And I'm like, oh, what? And she just, and she just lit, like, <laughs> rips the biggest fart. I just thought that was the funniest joke in the world. I, I think, I think I specifically ignored that joke because of its lowbrow humor. And yeah. I know I'm not one to talk because like, I just love the dumbest stuff on the planet. Yeah, exactly. But I, I remember that now that you say that. Yeah, I just loved it. I, yeah. 
she just sold it so well for me. So that was pretty great. Um, the other thing, well, one, one thing I noticed, she had an X tattooed on her finger, and I think that that Daria? might just, yeah, no, uh, Jay did. Oh, okay. And I wonder if that might it, that might be something the actress has, uh, or is that supposed to be a callback to the um punk? the straight edge? No, the straight edge punk scene. Oh, but she's like not straight edge though. No, she... I know, but I was wondering if like maybe when she was younger, uh, she was straight edge, and then like she's been corrupted or something like that. If that like, was the case, the soundtrack to this movie would have been POD <laughs> or Rise Against. Yeah, exactly. But no, so yeah, I just noticed a couple of, of these things. One like that. You remember that there's one scene where they're sitting in the park talking to Jeff, and he's like kind of laying everything out, and she was laying uh, blades of, of grass. grass on her, and I was like, are, is that supposed to be a metaphor for self mutilation? Oh, because it's perfectly lined like razor cuts are oh. for like people who are depressed or you know stressed out. Who are... I haven't been to a hot topic in ages. Yeah, well, so I thought I was wondering. That was something I was like, is that a you know a bit of self mutilation? One thing, another thing I noticed is that when she was in the hospital, she had a bandage on, but the bandage looked like a tampon to me. It had like one little red spot in the middle of a rectangle, like a perfectly rectangular bit of gauze. And I'm like, was that supposed to be like, oh, this is her sexuality coming out? Like this is a menstruation thing? Man, you're reading this stuff a lot. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, I was like, oh, bandage. She had her head on the steering wheel. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. But I was like looking at that, I'm like, wow. One, uh, another few things. Uh, at one scene, after they keep coming back to the pool that she was floating on in the first scene, the above ground pool, the above ground pool, the great <laughs> above ground pool. She, so she apparently just loves to swim. Yes. Which is, I guess, that's why she can like, swim with a boat. Yeah, exactly. And murder somebody. Murder someone, and her potential redemption or not, whatever, comes in the swimming pool. Oh, you're right. That is, it is kind of a crucible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. But the one, the somebody notices that the third time you see it, the pool is completely destroyed. The monster had walked through. It. I had wondered what the hell happened. Okay, I, good, good, yeah. ca- good, good catch. Good and catch. I want. So I saw the monster obviously walked through because there's one hole on one side and one hole on the other side. But I, I kind of also took that to be a description of like the total loss of her character's innocence hmm. because it was like right after that scene that she just like kind of gives up all hope and goes and you know kills those guys in the boat essentially. Yeah, so, yeah. She's just like she's over it. She's mm. yeah. She, there's nothing childlike about her anymore. Pure survival. Mm-hmm. Childhood innocence gone. Yeah, exactly. One thing I loved too was the the curse or the monster uh-huh. started to get silly after a while. At one point, it was just standing on a roof. That was super weird. Like I was like, you just tricked me into looking at some dude's junk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Dr. Manhattan, what are you doing? Yeah. Now, I will admit, though, you know, it's kind of that thing where there are not a whole lot of cut jump scares in this. And so when that dude is just the monster is standing on the roof, what, you know, part of me was like, why wouldn't it be naked? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a monster, right? It yeah. doesn't care. And and I I thought that was that was terrifying. Yeah, it was very scary. And yeah. I know that's why they did it. I, I was just like, this monster's getting silly. Get yeah. off that damn roof. What are yeah. you doing up there? I mean, it didn't have any safety harness. Yeah. It had no fall protection. OSHA is, is pissed. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm like, how did you get up on the roof? that roof anyway so i already talked about yara seriously get the fuck away from the gun or out of the way of the gun oh my gosh that was so dumb yeah gun this, is that. this is again me me maybe reading too much into things but i kind of like i like doing this analysis in movies like this um so when they shoot the monster in the head yeah and it turns into blood yeah and it wait it, and wait the first time the second time second time okay and in the, the pool the pool like yeah. it essentially erupts into blood i guess sure. is what it's supposed to be but i was like is that supposed to be like a menstruation thing like oh. her, she's becoming an adult like i, I could said. buy that i could buy so that. that that's supposed to be like 
like the yeah i could buy that again everybody watch dies fantasy it's, yeah, a, it's, a, it, it's very appropriate for that scene shout out to uh Derincha for showing me on that so we were talking about like the the clamshell the yeah, e-reader and the she's e-reading reading, yeah. she's reading of the idiot yeah tell me about this okay so it's the it's basically like i said earlier treaties on what's a treaties stop using big words sorry, yeah sorry it's basically just uh someone exploring how they feel about their own death and wait let me rephrase that i of course know what this word is <laughs> because i'm smart but for our listeners Listen, yeah. that don't know what this is please explain oh cool <laughs> i'm definitely gonna keep both of these parts in. <laughs> do it love it and so uh yeah so it's basically a person exploring the nature of his own death his oh own okay death, but in placing it in the view of another person right it's like and so she lived her life blah 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 and i have a i've actually not gone through and read the whole thing but okay. i can't explain to you patrick has read it and is it like an epic poem or is it like a page i think it's pretty long is the thing is it like a beowulf poem maybe not that but it's because it's far too new to me oh okay it's, a, yeah, it's actually it's pretty it's like a mars volta song yeah basically it's okay. 14 minutes long yeah but yeah, i really felt that was very ham-fisted honestly okay because it was just like every, hey picking... do you get it yet yeah do yeah. you get it yeah hey everybody yeah there was the only part where they kind of held your hand in this movie I feel okay like every time they're like and that's when she realized that there was no hope for her and blah 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 you are right because yeah, yeah i remember when daria was eating the sandwich yeah it's one and... please do not eat sandwiches i i guess i should be grateful because people do that in real life but like when she was like chewing with her mouth full, i was like please stop stop yeah, stop reading gross. this stop reading this poem but yeah yeah because it's like yeah like seeing the death and accepting the death is the death and i am death and you know Mm-hmm. It, it was it was very clear like hey do you accept death yet yeah all yeah, right, right. <laughs> fair enough so a, a couple few things to, to kind of wrap up you know what i noticed the second time yep uh and it all has to do with the the last scene of the movie with the with jay and paul holding hands yes so i noticed that they were both wearing the same clothes essentially not exactly the same clothes but they're both wearing dark pants huh. a dark shirt and a light undershirt was she not wearing a skirt no she was wearing like jeans i think or maybe it, anyway it was like yeah. the same color scheme i i, I accept your point and so I was kind of like, oh, does that, are they implying that now they're at the same level? Like now oh. they're a team, essentially. The reason why she passed it to Paul wasn't necessarily because she wanted Paul to give it to someone. It's that she she wanted someone who could see it with her. So now they're together. It's like HIV. Yeah, exactly. Because if you, yeah. you and your partner have HIV, you don't have to worry cares? about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But now she has someone who can watch her back and who can see the same thing, too. And so they decided to essentially. No, you don't want somebody who can see the same thing. You want somebody different. Because that's the thing where it's like, is that woman real? I don't see her. Oh, we gotta go. Yeah, yeah. But I do accept your point, which is like, it's like, if that was the case where it's like, hey, ride together, die together, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah, and I kind no of doubt. I think that was like what they were, they were going for. It was the, uh. Vin Diesel. Nope. The uh, movie with the two women who drive off the. Thelma and Louise? Yeah, the so Thelma and Louise. Anyway, it's super home. obscure. Yeah, it's the... super obscure. <laughs> I, we were gonna, re- we were gonna review Thelma and Louise, but we were like, nobody's ever heard of this <laughs> movie. <laughs> Yeah, the Thelma and Louise ending where they're yeah. holding hands, like driving off into yeah. infinity. Yeah, but yeah, there was that. I, one of the questions that I asked was like, you know, Paul got what he wanted. Which he was, did her, but yeah. at what cost? Good point. A lot of trauma, and Jay essentially had to be broken down did, for him to get her. Did you trick me into watching a sex education abstinence only PSA? Like there's something, there's <laughs> a direction you need to take your life. Because you just, you just made me realize that, yeah, this is straight up an abstinence only PSA. Yeah, pretty much. I didn't mean to, but yeah. <laughs> just jumping past that really quickly and going into the final thing is that the circular nature of this movie, where in the, one of the first scenes, Jay was talking about this daydream that she had about having a cute guy driving around aimlessly through the city and just having that bit of freedom. And 
So now at the end, her daydream has essentially come true. With Paul? With Paul, because Paul's a cute enough guy. I guess. But now they're going to be driving around to escape. You know, they're essentially, their lives are going to be constantly on the run. Their lives are going to be murdered in about 10 seconds at the end of this movie. Yeah, essentially. But yeah, so now they're, they're just going to try and get away from this thing. And that's how they're, they're going to live their life. So her daydream comes true, just not, you know, it's a monkey pause, like not in the way that she anticipated. True. And ac- you actually just alleviated, I remember being a little bit upset about the end of the movie because I was pure survival and strategy and so I was like I was like what you both haven't I was like why isn't Paul in China like, <laughs> like me how and and you actually just completely alleviated that point because I totally get that yeah now you're on someone's team yeah no that's you again have brought me insight into a movie that I missed awesome yeah yep oh well, that's the point of this podcast hooray I thought the point <laughs> of this podcast was to get Audible.com money. Are you going to well, that's, that's Audible.com? Okay. Don't, don't, don't let them peek behind the curtain, Yeah, okay, man. you're right, you're right. <laughs> or that podcast pipe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, yeah, so that was It, it Follows. follows. I, I really liked it. Um, I'm glad that you came around. It's on the light of day. I think, well, you know, everybody who knows, hopefully by now, I'm a very extreme personality. So I either hate something or I love it. Yeah. And and this is the second movie where, like, the first time I was like, dumb. And to your credit with this podcast, I probably never would watch this movie again. But you have, again, tricked me into work. Mm-hmm. And I've watched this movie again, and I'm grateful for it. And, and I did enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. So, uh... Wait, wait, didn't we have, like, a rating system last time? Oh, yeah. I think we were, we were going to talk about that. So, for my first screening, I would have given this movie, I would say, a B plus. And I I right. think that I think that that sticks still. I think it's it's a solid B solid plus. B plus. Yeah, I'm gonna go C to I'm gonna go C to B. Okay, simply because I think that Take Shelter nailed it so much better, and okay. so I would give Take Shelter an A, and and I I think this is below Take Shelter. Okay, so I'm gonna go C to B. All right, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. and I, I wasn't gonna give it an A or an A minus, um, just because there were some things that were distracting about it. It could have been a bit more polished, and yeah. it would have. Would have shown a little bit brighter than it was. It was all ticky tacky stuff too, which is unfortunate. Yep. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us uh, on this episode of uh, Second Screen. Next month, we're going to be reviewing a 2007 British teen comedy called Popcorn. Popcorn. And how did we pick that? Because he looked at me during one of our breaks and said, "We don't have a movie next time." And I said, "I got this." So I googled list of 2007 films. 2007 British uh, movies came up on Wikipedia, and we picked Popcorn. randomly picked popcorn which is no one has seen i think which is awesome except when everybody uh you know from britain all of our readers uh readers readers (laughs) readings the last thing to do all of our listeners from britain write in and say uh we love that movie it was a great movie yeah, it's it's such a weird th- aspect of this podcast that the people who enjoy it decide to type down the words that we're saying and then read it to themselves. I do the same thing. I print it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the but manuscripts of I don't, the movie. I don't like to listen to it. Yeah, so I guess that's pretty much it. This uh, podcast, right? Yep, definitely. The joke that I wanted to make this entire episode is it follows us on Twitter at our handle and I don't know because I don't use that stuff. It's at Second Screen Pod. It follows at Second Screen Pod. <laughs> Uh, uh, and Pinterest, do we have one of those? We don't have a Pinterest. No, oh, no wonder we don't have any listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. And we'll see you next month for Popcorn? Popcorn 2007. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.